have been uh, this whole entire year I'm teaching on Bible prophecy. We're using as our main book uh, for this Bible prophecy series the book of Revelation, the biggest book on Bible prophecy in the Bible. Uh, to show you where we've been so far and do a little review of Revelation, chapter 1 is John's vision of Jesus. Chapters 2 and 3, his messages to the seven churches. Chapters 4 and 5, he has a vision of heaven. And who is the main focus of heaven? Who? God upon the throne. The book of Revelation is a throne book like no other book in the Bible. Fifty-four times the word throne is used, more than any other book of the Bible. It lets us know that God is in control. I said God is in control. God is sovereign. And then chapters 6 through 19 focus on what subject? Chapters 6 through 19 focus on what subject? Look on the screen. The Great Tribulation. It shows you that the Great Tribulation is the focus of the book of Revelation. And I mean that by the number of chapters that are devoted to it. Of course, Jesus and God the Father are, are the focus spiritually. But the amount of writing figures largely in the book of Revelation in regards to the Great Tribulation. And that's where we're going in, in the several weeks to come, focusing on the Great Tribulation. In no fear of the storm, and that's the coming storm, we're going to delineate these most dreadful seven years in human history. It's the world's worst nightmare, the Great Tribulation. What is the Great Tribulation? Go ahead and begin to fill in the blanks. I, I've never done this before in the introduction. Fill in the blanks in the introduction, if you would. The Great Tribulation is that seven-year period when the judgments of God are poured out. Let's look at what Jesus said about it. For then there will be great distress or great tribulation, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now. So it will be an unprecedented time period. And never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. There are some that would like to teach that Matthew 24, Jesus is only talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. That would happen 40 years later. You can see here that it goes far beyond that. You can see here he's talking about the end times. No one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Why does God allow the Great Tribulation? The purpose of the Great Tribulation is threefold. Number one, to give a Christ-rejecting generation exactly what it has longed for. A godless world. Secondly, the second purpose for the Great Tribulation as revealed in the Bible, a time of judgment for everyone who has opposed God and rejected Jesus. Number three, for Jesus to claim what he already won at the cross, dominion, dominion of planet Earth. Jesus won the title deed to planet Earth at the cross, but the devil has been on a joyride ever since. Jesus is coming back to claim what is legally his. 
When does the Great Tribulation occur? Excellent. The Great Tribulation occurs after, after, after the rapture of the church. That's an important teaching here at Lakeside Assembly of God. After the rapture. We're not storing food and expecting to go through it. We're keeping our focus up. We're looking up. Jesus over and over again said, don't wait for my coming. Watch for my coming. Watch for it. Sure. How is the great tribulation presented in the book of Revelation? How is it presented? The great tribulation, note, is presented in Revelation in three distinct series of visions. There are basically 21 visions that John has of this nightmarish twilight zone time period that will last seven years. There are seven seal judgments. Seven seal judgments. There are seven trumpet judgments. And then finally there will be seven bowl or vile judgments. Each of the seven become more intense, more severe as we move into the seven-year period known as the Great Tribulation. Real good. I'm just going through this real quickly. This is just introductory for tonight. Before the second coming can occur, a scroll of judgments, a scroll of judgments must be opened, releasing the whores of the seven-year tribulation period. Sealing, you see the seal on this scroll? This is an ancient scroll that I uncovered while in Israel. <laughs> it's one of the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> now it came from Linda's printer today. Sealing a scroll was very common in ancient times. And it's very, very common in modern times. I just went out to the mailbox tonight and uh, to help Becky out, I retrieved uh, a whole host of uh, uh, junk mail and envelopes. And every one of those envelopes were sealed. And we do not expect anyone, anyone to break those seals. If those seals are broken by, let's say, a neighbor or a passerby looking for some money, looking for a check, what can happen if they break the seal of the envelope? Yeah, it's a federal crime. It's a federal crime, right? You with me? And it was a crime back in that day and time when a scroll was sealed. It was very common to take a scroll, uh, like the emperors, their last will and testament, Vespasian, Caligula, Nero, had a last will and testament in a scroll that had seven seals. And only those that had legal authority to break the seals could open up the scroll. The first four seals, because, see, the first... Uh, first visions that John had, the first seven visions that he had 
of this nightmarish time to come, the Great Tribulation, he saw a scroll. And as each of the seven seals of the scroll are opened, we see a different judgment of God being poured out. So, you know, I have some people that read a book of Revelation, they say, what are these seals, pastor? And they think of, you know, Flipper or, you know, you know, Marine World or whatever. No, not that kind of seal. This kind of seal here. The first four seals of Revelation, write it down, reveal the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I hope I don't have you confused. First four seals represent four horsemen, four riders of four horses of the apocalypse. The apocalypse means revelation, unveiling. It's the Greek word for unveiling. These are the first four judgments of God, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. These judgments are, are, are presented with the imagery of four uh, horses and four riders. Uh, they're mankind's worst fears. And I believe we're already hearing the hoofbeats of these four horsemen of the apocalypse. Tonight, the conqueror on the white horse. The conqueror on the white horse. Part one. Part one. What do we see in part one? So let's open the first seal. The first seal is open. Avoided Linda. Seal it. Wow. Wow. Look at this. The first seal is open. Look at that. See the ancient writing in there? Go ahead and pass it around. Make sure I get it back, though, because we'll use it next week. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Who is this rider of the white horse? Fill in the blank, if you would, with me. Here we have a white horse, a white horse whose, notice here, notice we have a, a white horse whose rider holds a bow, a bow, and upon his head is a crown, and he goes forth to conquer. Write that word conquer down. Some have falsely interpreted this to be Jesus Christ. But it cannot be Jesus. Who's opening up the scroll? Jesus is opening up the scroll. This is not Jesus. My Bible, your Bible, says that when he rides forth and comes back in the second coming, on his head will be many crowns. Right. Then who is this? This is not Jesus Christ. This is Satan's seed. This is Satan's superman. This is the Antichrist. The Bible prophesies that this one is coming. Uh, he will be the first world dictator. He will parade as Christ. He's the Antichrist. Write it down. The Antichrist will come into world dominance by guaranteeing a fearful planet peace, and prosperity. What does it mean, this bow, 
that this writer holds that has no arrows. What does this mean? It's a sign in ancient times. It's a symbol of disarmament, of peace. But it's all a lie. It's all deception. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, which is the book of Daniel, is the Old Testament's equivalent of the book of Revelation. The book of Daniel is the biggest prophetic book in the Old Testament. Listen to what Daniel says. This king, or the Antichrist, will make a seven-year treaty with the people. Who are the, who's the people here? The Antichrist is going to make a seven-year peace treaty with what nation? Israel. Excellent. But after half that time, what's half the time? Three and a half years, he'll break his pledge and stop the Jews from all of their sacrifices and offerings. Then as a climax to all his terrible deeds, the enemy, the Antichrist, shall utterly defile the sanctuary of God. Both Daniel, Jesus, the Apostle Paul, and the book of Revelation talks about this event. This is the most shocking event in all Bible prophecy. It's known as the abomination of desolation, the defilement of the holy of holies. When the Antichrist sets himself up as God and requires worship unto himself. But in God's time and plan, his judgment will be poured out upon this evil one. Listen, history is littered with lying leaders, devious leaders, deceptive leadership. The amazing parallels that I want to show you right now between Adolf Hitler and the Antichrist, just to prove that point. Write it down as we move quickly through this section. Like Hitler, Antichrist will first appear promoting peace prosperity think of it uh, Hitler in a very short time turned Germany into an economic powerhouse he largely did that by uh, working with Porsche to develop what car anybody know the Volkswagen very very good very good yes Hitler was Time Magazine's, get a hold of this. Did you know that Adolf Hitler was Time Magazine's 1938 Man of the Year? Because he was seen as a man of peace. Do you know that he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1939? Why? Because he signed the Munich Peace Treaty. Do you know who he signed it with? Anybody know? No, and a lot has been said because of our president signing the deal with uh, Iran. There's been a lot of parallels that have been drawn. He signed the peace treaty with Britain's Prime Minister, Neville Chamberlain. And if you remember from your world history, Neville Chamberlain came back to Britain waving the, the peace treaty that he procured from Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Germany have promised to keep world peace, have promised not to invade Czechoslovakia. 
have promised. I have, I have crafted the deal. And, and Neville Chamberlain said, and I quote, I believe it is peace in our time. And he hailed Adolf Hitler as a man of peace. In less than a year, what did Adolf Hitler do? He invaded Czechoslovakia, which set off World War II and changed the world forever. Like Hitler, the Antichrist will win over the masses with his oratory and hypnotic charisma. How many of you have ever heard Adolf Hitler uh, speak, uh, either in a documentary or what have you? You might not understand Germ German, but you can see the charisma, the eloquence, the oratory that he used uh, in a hypnotic way with the masses. Uh, a former SS hero, Leon de Grel, wrote, and I quote, and at such times, to be sure, Hitler was strangely attractive as if possessed of magic powers. The power of Hitler's word is the key. Without it, there would have never have been a Hitler era. End quote. Revelation chapter 13, verse 2 says this about the Antichrist. The beast had a mouth like that of a lion. In ancient times, to have the mouth of a lion spoke of your eloquence, your oratorical ability. The dragon, who's the dragon? Anybody know? In Revelation, the dragon symbolizes who? Satan. The dragon, Satan, gave the beast and the Antichrist his power and his throne and great authority. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. Followed the beast. Like Hitler, write it down. The Antichrist, the Bible says, will be possessed. Possessed. Dietrich Eckhart. You need to watch History Channel's documentary on Dietrich Eckhart. Dietrich Eckhart was Hitler's spiritual mentor. Eckhart regularly held specialized rituals in which he and every member of the Thule Society, if, if you can, uh, YouTube History Channel's documentary on the Nazis and the occult. It will blow your mind. It, it's like reading the book of Revelation. Uh, Eckhart created the Thule Society, which was an occultic society that the ranking and the leading Nazi members were a part of, the ruling elite. And in the Thule Society, they called for the spirit of Antichrist to enter Hitler. And I need that quote for the next class, Linda. Hitler was assured of success even against the seemingly impossible odds facing him. As Eckhart prayed for Hitler to be possessed with the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, listen to what Eckhart said, and I quote, Follow Hitler, he will dance, but it is I who have called the tune. I have initiated him into the secret doctrine. I have opened his centers in vision and given him the means to communicate with the powers. Do not mourn for me. I shall have influenced history more than any other German. End quote. But the Antichrist will be more than demon possessed. 
The Bible says the Antichrist will be devil-possessed, Satan-possessed. Write it down. Like Hitler, the Antichrist, the Bible says, will have a consuming hatred for the Jews. For the Jews. Revelation reveals that Antichrist will persecute the Jews. He will make the Nazi Holocaust look like a walk in the park. Revelation 12, verse 3, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Who's the woman who had given birth to the male child? Israel. Israel. The whole chapter is about Israel, but symbolized by the woman who gives birth to the male child. Then the dragon was enraged the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Like Hitler, the Antichrist will have a burning passion for absolute control and global domination. Global domination. Revelation 12, 7, it was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. I don't know about you, but that looks total to me. Like Hitler, the Antichrist will try to create a new race and religion. What new race did Hitler attempt to create and purify? The Aryan race, blonde hair, blue eyed. Okay, the Hitler Youth. Hitler, I don't know if you were aware of this, had the Hitler Youth had children prayed to him in their daily prayers. Uh, by the way, Fidel Castro did the same thing in Cuba, I found out when I was there. Uh, in 1936, Hitler established a new pagan church, which he termed as positive Christianity. Sounds like what we hear a lot today <laughs> in different churches. Only Nazi-approved ministers were allowed to preach and oversee these churches and minister to the congregations. Listen to some of the tenets of positive Christianity. The National uh, Reich Church demands an immediate stop to the printing and the sale of the Bible in Germany. Why? Because the Bible is truth. The Bible exposes the works of darkness. The National Reich Church will remove from the altars of all the churches the Bible the cross, and religious objects. On, their, on the altars, there must be nothing but Mein Kampf, uh, my struggle, and to the left of this, a sword. The Antichrist's new race will be what? Uh, his followers that will be marked by what? The mark of the beast. And the Antichrist's new religion will be the one world church. you right. And we'll study much more about that uh, in the future. That'll be when we're in Revelation 13. But let's look at Revelation 13 quick. Then I saw a second beast. This is known as the henchman. The second beast, beast number two, is the henchman of the Antichrist, known as the false prophet. It made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. It performed great signs even causing fire to come down from heaven. Never say that the, that the devil can't do miracles. 
Just because you see a miracle doesn't mean it's from God. Watch who takes the bow. Watch who receives the applause. Watch who gets the money. Don't be deceived in an age of deception. Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast to deceive the inhabitants of the earth. The whole earth is deceived. It's an age of deception. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. Uh, what's the Greek word for image? Icon. Icon. It also forced all people to receive a mark on their right hands or their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Like Hitler, the Antichrist will proclaim himself as a new age Messiah. A new age Messiah. Church leaders proclaimed Hitler as their Messiah. Heil Hitler was a way of Hosanna to Hitler. One of the tenets, one of the doctrines of Hitler's church, positive Christianity, was this. Adolf Hitler is the new Messiah sent to the earth to save the world from the Jews. The Bible reveals the Antichrist's strategy for world domination. Revelation reveals the Antichrist's three-point plan for global domination. A three-point plan. And we're going to look into this much more detailed in the future. But let me just share it with you quickly. The Antichrist's three-point plan, according to Bible prophecy, will be a one-world economy, number two, a one-world government, number three, a one-world religion. With that, those three points and methodologies, he will dominate the world. How close are we? How much are we being conditioned? Uh, Ed, could you do me a favor? And uh, we've got a video we want to show. And we're going to hit those lights. Bob McCarter says his family system is good. Not connected to the 
put the lights on again. I'm not anti-technology. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not against uh, an efficient system. I'm not saying that this is Antichrist 666. But what I am saying is what you're seeing here is evidence of what we call conditional creep. Uh, uh, an entire young generation is being conditioned to accept a fulfillment of prophecy that's over two thousand years old. How could an ancient prophecy of more than 2,000 years ago ever, ever imagine a generation that would be completely cashless, that would have the ability on a code, on a code to be able to transact business, to buy, sell, have employment? How could a, an ancient prophecy or prophet ever imagine such a world ours is the first generation as you've heard me repeat so many times we are the first generation with a technological feasibility to host a one world government a one world uh, economy not my parents generation not my grandparents generation our generation is the very first one that can fulfill the prophecy think about it and our children are being conditioned for that. Uh, it's not something that will be shocking. It will not be like an, uh, this major overnight change. Uh, already, already only 5% of the United States economy is in hard currency. The rest is digitized. I mean, we are moving rapidly towards that day of fulfillment. Uh, the Antichrist will conquer through deception. Study Jesus' last day signs, and you will find, write it down, that deception tops the list. If there is any focus for tonight's lesson, it's that word deception. Deception. Read the Jesus prophecies, which are mainly in Matthew chapter 24, and you'll find that the number one end time sign that Jesus repeats over and over again is deception. Jesus said in verse 4, take heed that no man deceive you. Dece and he repeats this over and over again. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. The Antichrist, like Hitler, will be a master of deception. Master. Revelations 13, 14, because of the signs, it was given power to before on the behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. Revelation 13, 8, all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life, the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world, the Antichrist, his father, Satan, the father of lies. Let's examine how the enemy is conditioning our world. For the Antichrist's kingdom through deception. Ephesians 5.11 Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather expose them. Let's expose. Let's expose. The father of lies. And his deceiving work right now in our generation. The age of deception. Our age of deception. Demonic indoctrination. Paul says in 1 Timothy 4. When Paul talks about the last days, Paul says this, Now the Holy Spirit 
expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to what kind of spirits? Deceiving spirits and doctrines of who? Demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Write it down if you would with me. This is the heart of the lesson tonight. America was the first nation and only nation in human history to intentionally base its constitution and laws upon the Bible. Upon the Bible. Our founding fathers prayed for God's blessings upon America. They stamped in God we trust on their money. Every day, every school day began with prayer. Every session of Congress today still begins with prayer. Uh, I, I will go four times, four times this year, and I will pray the invocation for Shelby Township before their Board of Trustees meeting. Our Pledge of Allegiance, and our Township Supervisor brings this up just before I, I pray. Our Pledge of Allegiance in the center of the uh, uh, pledge, what do we hear? One nation under God. And God has blessed these United States of America with unprecedented prosperity and peace. But in our prosperity, would you agree with me, we have grown proud. We have grown godless. More than a hundred years ago, our great wisdom embraced the notion of evolution. Evolution. Evolution is more of a godless philosophy. I submit to you that evolution is not science. It is a godless philosophy. It is anti-scientific. Look up the definition of science. Look up Webster's definition of science. Science is a methodology that conducts itself through experimentation, through Theories that can be experimented, tested, measured, and then what? Observed, witnessed, right. Basically, I believe it when I see it. Uh, evolution, according to the definition, is anti-scientific. Evolution violates the second law of thermodynamics, entropy, that everything in the universe runs downhill. Everything uh, gets older. I mean, I don't know what, what you're like when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, when you look in the mirror, praise the Lord, I I'm one day younger. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Everything, everything. It has never, ever been observed of anything in the universe to move from simple to complex, from randomness to order, never has been observed. It, uh, the second law of thermodynamics is the, like one of the most major scientific laws in nature. Mathematical probability, we've talked about that uh, in this class. Uh, uh, when you look at the odds, the random chance for uh, non-living particles to group themselves together and become the complexity of just one living cell. The mathematical probability equates to impossible. 
The fossil record is the third major reason why evolution is anti-scientific. When we explore the geological strata, do we see millions upon millions upon millions of transitional forms? Do we see millions upon millions of uh, fossils uh, of these man-apes or uh, what have you? Uh, don't take my word for it. Uh, take the leading authority in evolution's word on it. Why then is not every geological formation and every stratum full of such intermediate links? This perhaps is the most obvious and gravest objection which can be urged against my theory. I have asked myself whether I may not have devoted my life to a fantasy. I am ready to cry with vexation at my blindness and presumption. Who said that? Charles Darwin. I'm convinced, and this is from your true and false quiz, I'm convinced that the theory of evolution is one of the devil's most deadly deceptions to infect our culture. If evolution is correct, then there is no creator. There is no God. The Bible is false. There is no judge and there's no divine judgment one day. No day of judgment. Hence, there are no moral absolutes. There's no real right or wrong. You and I are not special creations. You and I are animalistic. We're products of evolution. We're products of blind, coincidental, accidental chance. We have no purpose. We have no destiny. Life is not special and least of all sacred. Life is just one big accident. We don't know where we've come from. We don't know why we're here. And we don't know where we're going. Evolution, and can you imagine where that philosophy leads us? Do you realize if you study the history of philosophy, which I have, evolution birthed or revitalized what I call gospels of gloom. The gospels of gloom are, are for instance, naturalism, that we're all the product of animals, that uh, we are our monkey's uncle, that's naturalism. Existentialism, life is absurd and has no purpose. Relativism, there's no real right or wrong. I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. Uh, secular humanism, we're all gods. Look within for your savior. You, you're your own savior. Socialism, communism, anarchism, and of course, ultimately, atheism. All the isms, all the isms. It's amazing, write it down, how the isms, the isms, especially secular humanism and relativism, have invaded our American classrooms. Once, as I said, public school classes opened in prayer. The Bible was used as a reading primer. The Ten Commandments were a child's training in ethics and morality. Today, prayer's banned unless the student, he or she, prays on their own. Ten Commandments, any artwork of Christ has been ripped off from the walls. We've replaced God uh, in our schools with uh, all kinds of messages uh, of, uh, again, 
uh, evolutionary spawned philosophies. If you bring a, a Bible to school, it, 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 many times that's tantamount to bringing a weapon. We've replaced God in our schools with deception. We produced a, a generation declaring there is no absolute right or wrong. Write that down. There is no God. We are gods. We make the rules. The unborn are nothing but fetal tissue. There's nothing wrong with lying, cheating, and stealing. A huge percentage of American students now admit that they cheat on tests at school and lie to their employers. Lying on resumes is at an all-time high right now. ADP, the world's greatest process, processing, uh, pay, you know, payroll processing giant, uh, states that resume fraud is at an all-time high when it comes to lying. Uh, and what you feel good about is moral, and what you feel bad about is immoral. And what has all this great wisdom gotten us? What has all of this great man's great wisdom gotten us? A moral meltdown. A, a generation riddled with AIDS, unprecedented divorce rates, dysfunctional homes. Suicide is now the second, second biggest killer of teenagers. Drive-by, workplace, school place, shootings, and an abortion holocaust. Because there is no God. We have no purpose. We're not a special creation. Life is not sacred. Evolution and abortion has accelerated the idea that life is cheap. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is the disgrace to any people. Media madness, media madness. Christian bashing is now an art form in Hollywood or in the liberal media. Though 42% of the American public claims to be born again. When was the last time you heard of Christians presented in a positive light in some major Hollywood movie. We're now blasted by the media as right-wing, fundamentalist, homophobic hate-mongers. Uh, one remarkable survey found that fewer than 30% of American journalists believe in a personal God. In contrast, 95% of the, of the public, American public, do believe in God. Write it down. Billion, millions of Americans are indoctrinated hour after hour by one of the enemy's most deceptive tools, television. Children spend more time watching TV than they do any other activity except sleeping. A study of 1,792 teens showed that kids with higher exposure to sex on TV were almost twice as likely than kids with lower exposure to initiate sexual intercourse. By age 18, youth will have seen 16,000 simulated murders and 200,000 acts of violence on TV. Godless government. In the name of tolerance, America has divorced herself from being a Christian nation. Why? Because we've rejected God and his, and his Word as being foundational in our lives and our nation. 
uh, we're witnessing the collapse of moral law. The Bible speaks about a time when people will seek for justice. Write that down and not find it. Would you agree with me that America is plagued with liberal activist judges? Even though state after state, like the state of Michigan, voted for a ban on same-sex marriage, activist federal judges ruled their votes didn't count. The Supreme Court has made it the law of the land. The next time someone, by the way, tries to convince you gays are born gay and that there is a gay gene, I want you to remind them that uh, research has never, ever found it. Remind them of the many studies, genetic studies done with identical twins, where one ends up being homosexual, the other one ends up being heterosexual. But I've heard the Bible silent on this issue. Oh, yes? How about Leviticus 18.22? Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. How about Romans 1.26? Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. 1 Corinthians 6 do not be deceived. There it is again. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men will inherit the kingdom of God. Since the Supreme Court's 1973 abortion ruling, there's been a 5,000% increase in abortions. Over 55 million preborn babies have been killed. That's more than 20 times more than all killed in our nation's wars. <sighs> Again, uh, they've, they've uh, cut their teeth on evolutionary philosophy. Life is not sacred. Life is not special. But, uh, you know, let a dog get in trouble in a locked car and uh, you will alert the whole National Guard. I, 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 I just, you know, yet, yet woman can, women can, you know, use a, a, an abortion center, Planned Parenthood, you know, like a drive-thru, uh, you know, fast food uh, restaurant. God help us. It's more than a national shame. It's murder. Listen to what the psalmist said. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons and shed innocent blood. And the land was polluted with what? The blood. Listen, just because, write it down, a president attends church once in a while does not make him a godly man. Any president who goes to the White House and is sworn in with his right hand on the Bible while his left hand is signing documents federally funding abortions with our tax dollars or allowing gays to openly serve in the military uh, uh, or enjoy same-sex marriage uh, is not a man of God or a woman of God. Americans have been deceived time and time again by symbolism over substance. Satan's coming new world order 
Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that, you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Often one of the worst things is to get what you want, doing what you want to do instead of what you ought to do. This is rapidly becoming the American story. God is saying to our generation, you want leadership to take your money from people who work and give it to those who don't work? You want leadership to spend more money than what we take in? You want uh, a culture that embraces immorality, perversion, and idolatry to pollute the land with blood? God says, you want that? You can have that and the judgment, the kickback that goes with it. Sin carries its own judgment. God doesn't even have to judge because the wages of sin is America is dying a slow death. Point B, our generation is being deceptively conditioned, conditioned for a one-world government and a superman to lead it. I'm not Mr. Conspiracy Theorist, but uh, when you read Bible prophecy and read your newspaper at the same time, you have to be blind not to see it. Daniel chapter 7, verse 23, a fourth kingdom is coming. A fourth world empire, it'll be a one world government, will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other empires of human history. It will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. But there's hope in the book of Daniel. Daniel 2.44, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. Would you stand with me tonight as we pray and let you go? I've said it before and I'll say it again. How about you? I'm looking forward to a one-world government. I'm excited about a one-world government. I can't wait for a one-world government, not ruled by Antichrist, but uh, ruled over by Jesus Christ. Amen? Lord of lords and King of kings. The first time Jesus came, he was a baby in a manger surrounded by goats and donkeys. The first time Jesus came, he rode into Jerusalem declaring himself as Messiah riding on a donkey but the next time he comes the next time he comes the next time he comes won't be on a donkey riding down the center aisle here at lakeside the next time he comes will be riding a milk white stallion in the clouds with many crowns upon his head lord of lords and king of kings hallelujah pastor i don't want to face the antichrist i don't want to suffer the great tribulation I ask you, have you made your reservation? What reservation are you talking about? The rapture reservation. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask, O oh Lord, that we will be found ready and that, Lord, in these times and seasons, we will not be ignorant. For your word says, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Help us to expose the works of darkness. 
Help us to see the signs of the times. Help us, O Lord, to not be waiting but watching for your soon return. Help us to pull out all the stops and live for you, Lord Jesus, like there's no tomorrow. In your name we pray a blessing upon one and all. Amen and amen. God bless you as you go with God. Great having you with us tonight.